OTB Sports Rugby. Ross at 10th, probably the media were a bit harsh on him over the last few years because from what I saw inside the doors, someone who's calm and can make plays happen. Everyone, I think, is really comfortable with him. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball, daily. Well, let's hand over to Rhino Dwyer, who joins us now. Uh, he's going to tell us a bit about the action in the GAA today. Uh, Ryan, how are you? How are you, man? Good stuff, good stuff. You had a busy weekend out at plenty of games. Uh, let's start with the game you were at today. Um, another week, another Limerick victory, uh, this time getting the better of Galway there. Uh, 24 points to 19, as I mentioned. Uh, I've seen this described as workmanlike online from the All-Ireland Champions. Were they ever really under the cost today? No, I, I don't think they were ever in doubt. Um, they were well ahead at halftime. I think they were eight ahead at halftime. And then, it, look, it, it came back close. It could have had a, a great finish. Galway rallied towards the end, got it back to two points. But then just at the end, uh, Limerick pulled away again. Um, Tom Morrissey stepped up to a free and did, 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 did just pulled away uh, in the end. Or sorry, Dan, Dan Morrissey stepped up to a free and it just pulled away in the end and ended up winning by five. Um, it, it was a strange game. It was it had the potential to be a cracker. Uh, the conditions were great. Um, usually when you go to Galway, it's going to be raining, but it wasn't. The conditions were great. Lovely uh, hurling weather. Um, the pitch was in good condition. It was a, a massive crowd there. Um, a very very big Limer crowd. Um, probably the, the the weather brought them out. Um, so it, it had the makings of a good game, but it was the I suppose it's still early in the year. You don't want to be going peaking too early, but the, the intensity of it wasn't there. There was no hard hitting. Um, I suppose it was a vicious circle in a way. If the crowd were were um, more vocal, I suppose they were very quiet throughout. But if the crowd were more vocal, maybe the players could have fe- fed off that. But the other side of the coin there is the players didn't give the crowd a, a reason to be getting hyped up because it was just a, a very pedestrian game. Um, Look, we, we know what Limerick uh, are bringing to the, the party. Uh, it, it's very much a support-running game that they play. Um, but I, I think, personally, I think if you compare them to, to last year, year before, they're, they're passing the ball more now. Um, I, saw, I saw a thing there recently, I, I don't know what it was, on, on Twitter, where uh, it, it compared them a few years ago, and it was two or three passes, and it was up in the full forward line. Whereas they're going over and back to field. It's very football-based now, uh, or similar to, to football where it's going over and back the pitch. They, they they seem like they don't want to strike the ball from their own half. Um, and at one stage there for the first half, I was nearly in line with the halfway line. And apart from two Galway players and the goalie, three Galway players and one Limerick player, everyone was in the, the opposition half, or the Limerick were in their own half. Um, so it was it was just a strange game and like I said it had the potential to be a cracker. Um it did near the end of it it did um it did turn a bit feisty. I there was one incident near the end uh with Kyle Hayes that I didn't I didn't get a great view of it, but um speaking to a few people on the way out, um if it was caught by the, the ref it, it would have been the sending off. Um so yeah, look the a few things that Galway missed a few frees, like I already said, support played it, uh, Limerick were playing, uh, Galway were trying to do that as well, but couldn't do it to the same effect. Um, and what one thing that really, 
really stood out for me was uh, the Limerick tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a case of one man come in, stop the run, and there was another Limerick man in straight away. Um, and, and quite often a third Limerick man, and it just kind of snuffed out the ball. Um, but look, it was if you look at the teams, um, overall Limerick can be very happy. Like Dan Morrissey, the centre back scored eight points. When a centre back scores eight points, that's phenomenal. Five of them were from play; it was three from freeze. And Kyle Hayes had three points after fifteen minutes. He had three points scored. So their half back line, Limerick's half back line, contributed eleven points. Um, if if they can keep that up for the year, great scene. Uh, uh, Keen Lynch mm. as well. He scored three points, was coming very deep. Um, and for him, the way he missed last year, just about getting uh, minutes into the legs. Um, so look, there's there's a lot of positives to take from it with both teams, but at the same time, it was just it like I always said had the potential to be a cracker, and it did let down a little bit. Yeah, I suppose coming to the end of February, we aren't really expecting these kind of crackers just about yet. Teams still holding a little bit in reserve. It's very interesting that you mentioned the uh, the different tactics from Limerick. You know, and plenty of hurling snobs will be absolutely horrified to hear the word football uh, that you mentioned earlier on there today. But um, do you think that this is a case of look, they're four in a row chasing. You know, they have a big target on their back. They need to just infuse something different a little bit, even if it is oh. still early on in the year, and they need to be that yeah. little bit experimental. Without a doubt, you see every single year um, over the last what, five, even six years, before the $1 and even the last six years, every single year, Limerick are adding something to their bow. Mm. Um, you see, right, they, they are, they're a support-based team, so they're coming out, there's someone running on the shoulder the whole time. Um, there was, I think there was one incident there in the second half, Barry Nash got the ball from a puck out, gave the ball, uh, I think he gave it to, to Kyle Hayes, and then went around outside on support again went up and he ended up in the corner forward position and that was that was just by running up and uh, the, the fitness is, is is phenomenal with them but yeah look it, it, it's kind of like if you stay still you're going to get left behind like you said Limerick have a target on their back so they need to reinvent their game they need to come up with because if they stayed with last year's tactics last year's game plan they, they might win this year but a team will come up with a plan to break them down or to to counteract what they're doing. So they have to change the whole thing. Um, and and look, Kylie Kylie is fully aware of that, and that's why they're they're introducing this. But you you would wonder. And look, it's early in the year; you can't be reading too much into it. Um, but he he is reinventing it. But you would wonder will the overpassing because it was it was a phenomenal passing, and they're no, they're very good at it and they're getting away with it. But could that go against them? Could there be one or two turnovers that could lead to goals? Because um, when they're playing a high-risk game because if you're on that support play, you're going to be out of position. You could have left a man behind you. It breaks down one pass to that man and it's true on goal. Mm-hmm. So it is a high-risk game, but they're, they're phenomenal at it. Yeah. Um, so it will take some team to, to beat them if, if they're bet this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess for Kylie, it's about finding that um, that kind of middle ground of experimenting a little bit and trying out a couple of things this early on in the year and not ending up like Pep Guardiola where you're kind of changing things for the sake of changing them and, and you're kind of messing with a winning formula. But he, he hasn't done that just yet. I, I know you were watching the, the dubs in Croker last night, so we'll get on to the uh, football there later. But uh, Conor McKeown was on our Saturday panel yesterday and he said that Limerick right now are further ahead of the competition in hurling than Jim Gavin's side ever were in the football. Would you 
you go along with that because you look at the game today Galway for many people maybe the second best side in the country right now alongside maybe Cork uh, maybe Tipperary as well but Galway a lot of people favouring them for especially coming out of Leinster and you know a dominant first half performance from Limerick today their double scores up in Salt Hill at half time are Limerick just far and away better than everybody else right now? Um, that's a, a massive statement from Connor. Um, and in fairness to Connor, he wouldn't he wouldn't just he's not flipping with his comments. He 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 wouldn't take he wouldn't say that lightly. Um, and it, it look yeah, it, it is it is a fair statement. It's a big statement, but it is a fair statement. Like the Limerick are far ahead of any other team in the country at this stage. And even you see the the lads the the names that you wouldn't uh, associate with Limerick straight away. Um, because they're just starting to come into the panel of might have been under 20. Uh, Shane O'Brien uh, contributed two points. They played very well. Um, Michael Michael Hoolan uh, from Kilmallock played very well today, scored four frees. Um, Adam English came on as a sub there near the end. He contributed. Uh, Kieran Barry, wingback. They're not the names that you think of straight away, but Kylie is finding those two or three players that can supplement the team every single year and every single year he, like he has a core there but he is fine with the two or three that are, are supposed to are keeping it fresh and can contribute at any stage uh, but yeah look they're, they're, they're a mile well I won't say a mile ahead at the moment they they are and I, I think everyone would say that they are ahead of every other hurling team in the country at the moment um, are Galway the, the second uh, place team at the moment I, I don't know Um. I think there's a lot of miles and legs, uh, which you now and they're, they're not playing the one like you think David Bork, Dahi Bork, uh, we haven't seen him in the league yet. He's to come back into it. There, there is a few lads to come back into it. But I don't know, you look at the way Cork are playing at the moment. Um, if they can keep that and not peak too early, if they can keep that intensity, I think they could possibly be the the one team that will put it up to Limerick. Um, the only thing about that is They'll have to play them in in the yeah, Munster Championship yeah. and possibly play them in the All-Ireland Championship. So it's not a case of just being... They might even play them twice in the Munster Championship during the round-robin and in the Munster Finals. So it's, the way the Championship is structured now, it's not all about on the day. Um, You really have to be... it. The, the way the Championship is structured now is the most consistent team throughout the season. That's who wins. Um. I suppose back back in the day, you could always turn up and any team can beat anyone on a, a given day, and you can still do that. But the the trouble now is, if we're Limerick are going to get bet in the round robin stage in Munster, they become a very very dangerous team. It, it's a, a wounded animal, so that's what you'd be you'd be afraid of if you if you beat them then. Yeah, looking at looking at somebody who will be vying for a Munster Honours this year, Clare, uh, they scored 4-10 inside the opening 20 minutes against Wexford today, eventually running out 22 points winners, uh, 6.25 to 1.18 down in Wexford Park. Um, obviously a good day for Clare, but uh, there has to be some alarm bells ringing in Wexford there after that result. Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I did not see that um, that result coming. I was checking my phone during the... During the Galway game and I, I certainly didn't see that coming um, especially to, to score the six goals look you, you, you see I just have to score here you see um, uh, teams putting up a massive amount of points now but to, to score, concede six goals it, 
I, I don't know was the were the, the matchups not done right. Um I, I, I didn't even see lineups. I know Lee Chin wasn't playing, he's carrying an injury at the moment. But I see I don't know where was it a weaker team that uh Wexford had out, was a really strong team Claire had out, but you can use all the excuses you want about players being out. It's an intercounty team against an intercounty team, it's fifteen against fifteen. And that is going to have an effect on Wexford to concede six goals. There's going to be a bit of a soul searching done there. The and there there there'll be a lot of wounds. Hopefully, look, they they still they've plenty of time to, to get things right for championship. Hopefully they do because look, I, I know a few lads involved with Wexford. Hopefully they didn't get it right because they're uh they're a proud Harlan County and it is going to hurt a lot of people there. So they, it's about how how are they going to react to this, um, and you'd wonder like this time of year is very hard to judge because have they put down a tough week's training? Um, are they putting in the foundations for the year ahead with one eye in April and May when they want to start peaking? Um, so yeah, you, you can read into that and say, geez, they got trounced one eighteen to six twenty five, but it's the prep this week. The league, how important is the league for Wexford? Are they using that? Probably what the league should be used for is getting their fifteen best 15 on the pitch towards the end of the league and preparing for a championship. Sure. So, like you say, I, it is a bit of a psychological blow this early in the year. Yeah, like, look, I, I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how important the league is to Wexford, but to concede six goals and be bet by that much, it, it, it has to affect you somehow. Um, and hopefully those scars that are going to be left after the day, hopefully they can be healed. And look, I've, I've no doubt they will recoup from it. There will be a, a lot of sore people um, after that, but they will re- re- regroup from that. Um, but hopefully they, they can uh, regroup enough. To go back to yesterday's action in Crow Park there, you were in attendance for Tipperary 223, Dublin 24 points. Uh, did they market this game as the Rhino Dwyer Derby? <laughs> no, not anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. Once upon a time, it was like, uh, how many lads am I going to try batter? <laughs> um, but no, look, it was it was kind of it was very similar in a lot of ways to the the Limerick um, Galway game today. It was the intensity, the atmosphere wasn't there. Like it, w- it would have been such a different game if it was in Parnell Park. Um, the stands, I won't say they were empty. There was there was a crowd there, but. If that exact same crowd was in Parnell Park, it would be a much better atmosphere. It was very, it was a dead game. Like even oh, Donald Burke was phenomenal, but like it was just, it was dreary. It was, and it was a, it was a lovely night for Harland. The, the conditions were great. There was no rain or anything like that, but it was just, it was a bit soulless um, for the game. Um, and look, in fairness to Dublin, they did put up a good fight. Uh, Don Burke was unbelievable, uh, but like he scored fourteen points, and and, and it was what six points from freeze, one from the sixty-five. So there was seven from play. Are they too reliant on him? Um, I know Connor Burke uh, was playing centre back. He scored a point. Daryl Gray scored a point from wing back, a phenomenal point, which is about eighty yards out. But the rest of the forwards, how much are they contributing? Like Alex Constein, I thought. Didn't have a great, and he'll, he'll say himself, didn't have a great first half, but he was, I thought he was brilliant in the second half and really put up his hand for a starting jersey in, you know, if he can stay playing the way he he, he played the second half. He he certainly put up his hand for a championship jersey in uh, in 
a month or two's time when when championship does start. Um, so yeah, look, there's there's a lot of questions that Dublin still have to answer. Um, I think uh, Michal O'Donoghue is using the league to get his best team on the pitch um, and see as many as he can. Look, I I, I made a point there the other day. Uh, I know it, it two new managers uh, with Liam Cahill taking over Tip and Donoghue taking over Dublin, but they're very different. Um, Liam Cahill, I know he was with Waterford last year, but he knows all those Tip players intimately. He's, sure. he's from the county. He he coached them, at, a lot of them at minor. He coached them at under-20 winning All-Ireland, at under-21. They, he was over the, the last team to win under-21 All-Ireland in the first the, the following year. The, the first team to win the under-20 All-Ireland. So he, the majority, apart from the, the lads like uh, Bonner, Mayer, or, or lads like that, Shamie Callan, that are in their 30s, everyone else he knows very in, in, intimately um, and he knows their strong points. So he, I suppose, has a stronger knowledge of their base. Dunhu is still uh, very much feeling out the players in, in Dublin, uh, seeing what he has and... Yeah, like that. Look, there's a few lads that did put up their name. I thought Paddy Doyle. I, I thought played very well. Owen O'Donnell was just solid as a rock centre-back. I thought Connor Burke played very well. Uh, uh, sorry, Owen O'Donnell full-back. I thought Connor Burke played very well. Uh, centre-back, I thought Dara Gray is is playing with freedom. Uh, he is very fit and he's up and down the pitch the whole time. So there is the makings of a good team there. Um, it's just about bringing it together. There's a few lads that probably didn't play as good as they as they would have liked. Um, I know Danny Sutcliffe has a very high standard and it only accepts excellence from himself. But so, but I think he can be disappointed with his with his performance last night. But I've no doubt he will he will react and uh, he'll come back even stronger. Um, Ian Boland was good in in sports. Uh, like I said, Donald Burke was phenomenal. Um, and Alex Constantine, I thought, was, was, was brilliant as well. So, uh, well, brilliant in the second half. So there, there is a lot that uh, Dublin can be happy with. Um, and look, there, there was a few players that, that didn't play as well. Paddy Smith wasn't playing. Um, and look, I've no doubt he's going to be a, a nailed-on starter. Um, so look, there's a lot of work to do in both camps, but I, I, I certainly think they're going, both teams are going the right direction. And of course, that was part of a double header in Crow Park yesterday. You, you certainly got your money's worth anyway with that injury time winner for Dublin over Clare in Division Two of the football. That's four from four now for the Dubs, and uh, we expected that really coming down from Division One that they would be better than the teams around them. But they seem to be just surviving in these games without actually thriving in them. Would that be fair? Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, they they got over the line there against Cork. They just got over the line against Clare um like with 10 minutes to go they were down or with they were down um by sorry on the 50 minutes so it was 20 minutes to go they were down 112 to 9 points um so what they were down by 6 and uh Clare didn't score in the last 20 minutes like if mm-hmm. they scored a point in that time that might have been enough just to hold on um so I think coming away from the match, and there was, a, there was an awful lot of negativity uh, coming out. I was chatting to a few people, an awful lot of negativity about uh, Dublin at the moment. That, oh, jeez, they're, they're not playing well. They're not. They're still getting the results. You know, just just about. They're still getting the results. I, I've i no doubt that they're trying to, they don't want to peak too early. Um, There's no point in peaking in February and March. They want to peak at the right time. 
It's about getting um getting game time in a lot of legs. You still have a few lads to come back into it. Like you still have Jack McCaffrey. Uh, when he came on last night, actually, that I think that was the uh, certainly a turning point. The catalyst, and yeah. himself and Owen Merchant came on, and uh, they they were direct. I suppose they were two unbelievably fit um athletes, but they they their the way they they approach it, they ran at Claire, and it certainly caused. Clear a lot of problems. They were getting tired, and to see um, two greyhounds coming on, uh, it was certainly certainly hard for for Clear. But then they nearly held on. Um, I thought own Cleary, um, centre forward for Clear was unbelievable, and mm-hmm. Emmett McMahon as well uh, scored four points. One one was from a free. Mm-hmm. I thought both of them were the the real standout players for Clare. Um, I know Gavin Clooney scored uh, one two. Was very good as well, but I just thought the, the other two two lads really just they were the the playmakers. They were the, the lads going looking for ball and really really led by example. Um, I suppose there was a few decisions um in the the game um last night like the Conor Callum's goal. That like some of the people coming out uh, saying oh the ref was useless, he yeah. was this and that. But like I I, I think the goal I think was. No, from what I could see on the okay. on the replay on the screen, I think it was was justifiably uh, disallowed. Um, and then there was a they were clear lads were given out the last few minutes a, a few decisions. Okay. Um, Listen, so, Ryan, we're, yeah, we're look, just running late on time there, but uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show, and uh, we'll certainly get you back on before the end of the leagues to see where the teams stand. And thank you very much for joining us this evening. No problem. Thanks very much. OTB Sports Rugby Ross at 10th probably the media were a bit harsh on him over the last few years because from what I saw inside the doors someone who's calm and can make plays happen everyone I think is really comfortable with him Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now